Hi, this is Angie Meadows. And this is Will. And today we're going to pick up on the training um, so that we can learn to train ourselves with the Word of God. And this is day 15. We've done um, 1 through 14 on other podcasts if you'd like to go back and listen to them. And this one's called The Sloth That Turns Upon His Bed. So do you know what a sloth is? Do you know? I don't. <laughs> He's a little animal that goes real slow. He can go all day from one branch to the other. He's so slow that the green grows off his back. <laughs> <laughs> little algae grows on him. <laughs> and he lives in a rainforest, and he's very slow, and he's called a sloth. Identify the areas of your life where you are slothful. Yep, slothful means lazy. Maybe where you proc- procrastinate. And confess it to your children. Yes, or your roommates, or your spouse. Set up self-discipline in the area for with yourself with consequences if you fail to follow through. Let the child be your accountability partner. So if you have a seven-year-old and you're saying to the seven-year-old, I cannot believe your room is such a mess. Well, I want you to turn around and go look at your room. (laughs) (laughs) So when I started doing that, when I started fussing at my kids, and then I would take them by the hand and I would take them to my room and I'd stand there and fuss at myself and I'd say, now look at my room. Now I'm messier than your room. Okay, so you go clean your room, I'll clean my room and then you can inspect mine and I'll inspect yours. And I let this this little seven-year-old hold me accountable and it was a fun little game to, to play for him to come in there on Tuesdays and Fridays and to see if I had uh, learned the discipline of picking my clothes up out of the floor or if I was still a sloth. <laughs> so now challenge your children to work on their areas of slothfulness or their lack of discipline. For example, if a child is difficult to awaken in the morning, teach the principle of a sloth. Let them discipline themselves. Give them an alarm clock. Mm -hmm. By the age of eight or nine, they should be responsible to get themselves up in the morning. If you don't start at eight or nine, you're going to have a hard time getting up a 16-year-old. You set the time they need to be up and let them choose to set the alarm 10 or even 20 minutes earlier if they are a slow to awake or to arise as soon as it rings. Let them assign themselves a consequence if they hit the snooze more than they intend to do. Yeah, so this is their goal. To, to arise at this certain time, to decide, okay, do I want to sleep to the last minute and then jump up out of bed, or do I want to allow myself to hit that snooze button twice, and if so, i got to set it 20 minutes earlier, and if I hit it a third time, what's my consequence? So this is going to be a consequence that they set that could be something like... The consequence could be as simple as doing dinner dishes or folding all the laundry for a week. Hmm, that's going to help me not hit that snooze for an extra 10 minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. If either of you still struggle, research all the verses on slothfulness and laziness. Find the cautions, warnings, instructions, consequences, and even the blessings for diligence. Yes, there are 19 verses on slothfulness and 49 verses on laziness. Any area of your life that is undisciplined can be corrected with a sufficient word study. The Holy Spirit will empower you to succeed as you pray and as you ask for help. As the door turns upon its its hinges, so does the slothful upon his bed. <laughs> Proverbs twenty six fourteen. So instead of hitting that snooze button that extra time, I would quote this scripture to myself. I would say, as the door turns on his hinges, so does the sloth on his bed, and I would get myself up out of that bed. 
So now let's do another day. This day is called the Pharisee and the Tax Collector. Jesus teaches a parable about the principles of justification. Okay. To be justified means to treat somebody as worthy of salvation and as righteous when they don't deserve it based upon their deeds. Yeah, if, if, the, if you're justified, then you're declared innocent. So here's a story about two men who went into the temple, and the first man – A Pharisee. Mm-hmm, the Pharisee is a righteous man in the eyes of society. He says to God, I am such a good person. <laughs> I don't do anything wrong. Oh, yeah, I, I thank you that I'm not like these other men, Lord. <laughs> and then he says, I fast twice a week. And? I even tithe. Oh, yes, Lord. Lord, you should exalt me, exalt me as I exalt myself. <laughs> this man, this man didn't pray to God. He just stands and praises himself. Okay, so the first man here, the Pharisee, he 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 was proud of himself. But he was so proud that he praised himself when he went to the temple when he was supposed to be praising God. Now the second man, he's a tax collector who is despised by society. He stands afar off. He can't even lift his eyes to heaven. He beats his breast and pleads with God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, wow. So he's like, I, I can't, my eyes shouldn't even, shouldn't even look at you, Lord. Couldn't, shouldn't even look up to heaven towards you, Lord. I am such a sinner. And he's, and he's humbled himself. The man who was justified was the one who humbled himself. The arrogant man who went to the temple praised and adored himself. Hmm. Yeah, he just he didn't he didn't praise God, did he? God opposes the proud, but shows favor, gives grace to the humble. That's in James four six. Teach your children today that they are never too far away to return to God. Teach them to humble themselves, grieve when they are wrong, repent, and then ask for the mercy of God. So if if I don't grieve when I keep falling into the same pattern, if I don't grieve for what I'm doing, but if I turn around and blame, well, he did this, so I went ahead and did that. If I'm blaming somebody else, I, I'm not going to turn. I'm going to turn around, mm-hmm. around and do it again. Mm-hmm. But if I grieve, and I'm truly sorry, and I make, uh, I, I do what we learned in that last lesson, which is discipline myself just for a moment on different ways that I could build some self-control in that area and turn my life around and ask God for mercy, then I'm going to have a different day. Because once they are saved, they are justified, Mm -hmm. which means Jesus Christ paid the penalty for their sins. He took their punishment. Jesus says, my Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. John ten twenty nine. So teach your loved ones that no one can snatch them or pluck them out of God's hands, that they are justified, that they are safe in the arms of the Father. They are hidden beneath His wings. And if you have had a loved one that has died, that ever knew the Lord, I just want you to know that even if they died in their sin, then they didn't have victory over their sin. But nobody's going to pluck them out of the Father's hands, that they were safe in His arms. So now we're going to go to day 17. Let's do at least one more here. It's called name-calling. This is very important for children. The Lord does not tolerate name-calling. This behavior was instantly stopped when I corrected with this verse. I could tell a child a hundred times to not call their siblings' names, but one quote from the Word of God instilled the fear of the Lord 
in them, which is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, so I can correct them all day long. Stop calling your brother that. Stop calling your brother that. Don't don't hit your brother. Don't do. That. <laughs> but if I gave them the word of God, if I gave them the word, uh, it was an instant correction. I was giving them authority much higher than me. If one child calls the other one a name. The parents should do what? The Lord says, if I call somebody a derogatory name, a derogatory name I am cursing them and in danger of hell's fire. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> I don't want to do that. No, I don't. This is a method of indirect correction where I am a guide to the child and teaching them what the word of the Lord taught me. I have found this type of correction is always received easily. Okay, but I have added to that rule, and I tell you that if you are only angry, even in your own home, you are in danger of judgment. If you call your friend an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse him or call him a fool, you're in danger of the fires of hell. In Matthew 5:22. So as we read that verse, what we want to do is call out the principle and say, look at that. We're not allowed to call anybody anything. And so when I, I'm talking about somebody that I was working with that day and I'm calling them a derogatory name, then I need to back up and repent and apologize <laughs> because when I'm doing that uh, in front of my children, they're going to be doing that to each other and they're going to be doing that to me. And it's a poor example. So what I want to do is say, hmm, I didn't mean to do that. I shouldn't have done that. I need to repent. I need to ask for God's mercy because I do not want to be in danger of hell's fire. And this was Angie Meadows. And this is Will. And we'll be back another day.